Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to an inspirational uh, interview with Dan Fellers on the Share Life Podcast. Dan, say hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Dan is the founder of OpenSide, which is an expert consulting firm um, that focuses on how to fully leverage Airtable. And uh, he's also the creator of a community called Built on Air, which is also a podcast, and he's the host. And that's actually how we originally got connected, is he had me on the show uh, early on in, in that journey, and, and I, most, I was most uh, on one of the most recent episodes uh, on the show, again, to share some of the ways that I use Airtable. Um, but he's much more advanced than I am, so I'll let him talk talk about that. Um, anyway, Dan, tell us. Thanks for joining us. That tell us about you, your story. How did you uh, end up launching the company? How did you end up with Airtable, and what brings you to where you are today? <laughs> sure. Yeah, good to be here. Um, so, Dan Fellers, I currently live in um, Provo, Utah. Originally, okay. I grew up in Southern California. Um, like the Not San Diego area? Yeah, San Diego area. Okay. Um, Vista is the city I grew up in, just a city inland from Oceanside. So traded the the beaches for the mountains and uh, I've been <laughs> here in Utah for about 15 years. Um, yeah. It's been good. What originally brought you to there. Utah? Was it school so or I came back. work? Yeah, school. Um, so I did my yeah. undergrad at, at BYU, Brigham Young University. Yeah. Um, I went back to San Diego. I worked um, in Carlsbad as a software engineer for about six years and then came back okay. um, for graduate school for the MBA program. So did okay. that. And then uh, that I graduated in 2008 from, from MBA okay. school. And that was a tough year to uh, find work. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so tried to go back to San Diego, couldn't, couldn't find anything in the field I was looking at. Um, I did find something here in Utah, so I stayed here. Okay. And uh, yeah, I could talk about kind of professionally. Um, I did a uh, uh, master's in computer science right out of undergrad. Mm -hmm. I did my undergrad in economics. Um, then I did a master's in computer science fell in love with, with software development. That's yeah. been a huge part of my story. And, um, Wait, what was, that. what age did you first get exposed to it? Like, was that something you discovered to, in, like in just no, the computer science type of stuff and coding and engineering and yeah. So I'm, you know, a kid of the nineties, I graduated high school in 95 and, um, my dad was always an earlier adopter of technology. Like we were one of the first to get a PC and and have a computer in our house. And uh, thinking back, I, I remember my dad learning HTML in his 50s, yeah. you know, when it was just coming out. And so he was a dentist, so he wasn't an engineer or anything. Was he building and, his own uh, website? Is that why he was learning it? Yeah, he was doing that. Yeah. He was tinkering. He was kind of an entrepreneur on the side. So he was doing a little bit of stuff. Um, so yeah, so I kind of, I didn't learn it too much in, in that grade other than just kind of tinkering. I didn't really learn how to, to code until college. Um, yeah. It's actually my senior year in college. I was like, what do I do with an econ degree? <laughs> and, um, and they had like a, a meeting for interest in the computer science department. Mm. So I went to that, I was like, maybe I'll try, you know, 
intro to computer science. So I took the intro class and just fell in love with it. And yeah. um, was like, this is much more, much a better fit for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so kind of switch, you know, I was, is there, I was a, is there any kind of like synchronicity or harmony between um, economics and, and engineering? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they're both, they're both challenging in their own way. I loved building things. So I loved seeing an output of what I built mm. other than, you know, a spreadsheet in, in economics. And so I yeah. love that part of like hitting your head against the wall and then finally getting it to compile and then having something to show for your work. Yeah. And knowing that you did it right because it worked the right way. So I yeah. love that part of, of software development. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I guess that, in a um, way that engineering is creating things and economics is more like understanding what those created things do to people or how they affect people yeah. in groups. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So continue. Yep. Yeah. You, so you go to college, you get your, your degree and your master's and then you end yep. up with a job that keeps you in Utah. Yep. So then I uh, go down back down to San Diego, started working for a gaming company actually. Oh, wow. Um, and, Computer games, uh, I, uh, consoles. They were, um, it, so if you've ever back in the eighties, like early, you know, internet days, um, the company that was started actually as a game that you play in bars and restaurants okay. and you'd actually, it was around football games. So it oh. started like you go to the bar and you watch your favorite team playing. You'd play along with the football game and predict if the team was going to pass or throw. And then that would go over the internet to the headquarters of this business and um, and you'd get scoring, you get points based on if you predicted right or wrong. And so your bar would play against the the bar across the, the town. And oh, okay. so that's kind of how it started. And then when I came on, this was, you know, years after it started, I, I worked on the team that kind of took their games into uh, mobile and cable television. We actually had a cable. Okay. So what year was channel. that? So that was um, 2000. So that was right okay. at the, yeah, right in the crash of the internet. Mm, right before the big, I guess it was right after, when it was the, was it 1999 when the whole Silicon Valley crash came? It was like 2001, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. So 9-11 and that happened around the same time yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that goes, <laughs> I got that job thinking about one of your questions about mentorship that, that mm. played a huge role. Um, in that company, the, the guy that hired me, you know, uh, Ron, he, um, he took a chance on me. I was a student. I was still working. I was getting my master's degree, but I'd only programmed for maybe six months, you know, in college classes. And he kind of took a chance on me and brought me in and, and really it was a startup and, and felt like it. And so they gave me a lot of responsibility very yeah. early on, even when I was working part-time. And, um, and then about a year into it, so I, I did a master's degree and it took me about two years and about a year into it, working there part-time, this was when everything crashed. And mm. so they had major layoffs. So they actually yeah. laid off, um, Ron as well as several team members. And I just happened, I wasn't there the day that they did all the layoffs cause I was at school. Oh, and okay. so Ron calls me that afternoon and said, Hey, don't come in today. Um, we just had a round of layoffs. And he said, 
they didn't mention your name probably because they didn't think of me <laughs> being just a part-time intern. Um, he's like, so if I were you, if you still want to keep working, then feel free to go in tomorrow. <laughs> and so I kind of felt bad. And, but because of that, they're like, yeah, you know, you're cheap enough. It, we can afford to keep you around. Um, and I actually ended up having to consume basically all the work that, that Ron mm. was doing. So I kind of had to take over you wow. know, his full-time job, still working part-time. And so, um, that was a huge growing experience for me because yeah. I'm still learning how to do my craft. And, um, but I look back at those years as, as a huge benefit to me to, to really grow as a, as a software engineer and be thrown into the deep end very at a young age. Yeah, I can, I can relate. You know, I, I would grew up in Arizona and moved from a small city there and called Flagstaff to Atlanta, Georgia in 2005. And, um, I was, I jumped into the, into the fiery furnace, so to speak. Um, very ambitious and creative, but you know, re real life and challenges and business and all those types of dynamics are pretty, pretty tough when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So luckily it was, it was a gaming company. Your life didn't depend on it. You know, it might've yeah. been down for 10 minutes that you couldn't play your games, but so yeah. it was good. Good to learn that way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm a little, I guess a little younger cause I was born 84. Um, but definitely grew up in the, in the nineties with like, you know, windows 3.1, windows 95 learning, uh, how those, I mean, I remember playing DOS games and, and, um, uh, games on the Amiga and, and things like that. And then as windows 95 came out, Diablo, uh, came out and Starcraft and those types of things. So, so Yeah. Fun, yep. fun area. Yeah, these were these were more casual games. So we had sports games and then casual yeah. um, games, gaming. Yep. Yeah. So, so did you have a desire to get into gaming, or was that just hey they were hiring, so I'll, I'll go there? Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was just pure opportunity. Um, I had met Ron through other ways, and so he said, "Hey, there's an opportunity here," and. They're willing to to still pay me, so it was a good paying job while I was still in college. And yeah, nothing. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I yeah. still, I'm still not much of a gamer. Um, yeah. So, like what's that, your but... like with the engineering? You like to build things. Like, what's kind of the the vision that you have? That sort of, you know, you have open side, you have built on air, you like Airtable. What's the vision that you have that sort of brings all of those pieces together to kind of explain it? You know, when I went off on my own, so I, I, I worked for other companies for a while and then and then I've I've been on my own about twelve years now. Um yeah. and usually the vision is around solving my own problems. Yeah. And solving my own pain points. And mm -hmm. you know, kind of just taking the approach that if if I have this challenge and I don't feel like there's a solution out there that does it the way that I want to do it. Yeah. Um, then I'll explore, you know, building a product around that. Okay. So and in my own, in my own work, all the stuff that I've done has definitely been more around business tools, um, automation, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Okay. And how does Airtable come into that picture? You know, when does it come yeah. in? Yeah. So I, so I went off on my own. Um, so I worked for a, a company after graduate school. So 2008, um, you know, the economy was pretty bad. I, I did find a job in the healthcare space. I actually worked for a healthcare, um, company 
and actually had the chance to to grow into the CEO role of that company. It was a smallish company doing about 10 million in revenue and um, and uh, had the chance to grow there, but it was struggling. It was actually a newsletter business that that was dying. Um, mm. This was in the early 2000s. Like an and, email um, newsletter or a physical print newsletter? Physical print newsletter. Yeah. 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 yeah in the healthcare. So they would, the, the, they would send, um, physical print newsletters to the, to the doctor's offices. It was for the people that worked in the doctor's offices, mostly medical coders, the people yeah. that figure out what your, you know, yeah. what insurance code you have to submit the CPT codes, <laughs> all that stuff that I knew nothing about. And, yeah. um, yeah. And so they were obviously dying. They had already moved to just being more of a, more of a PDF newsletter type business, um, for the most part, yeah. I think they still were doing print, but yeah, anyway, it's funny. So I had a, oh, I was just going to make a comment. I had a client that I started working with in 2020 because of the pandemic. And that was, they were like, when the pandemic hit, they're like, I guess we better figure out this internet thing. <laughs> and they were a law firm. So, you know, you can imagine they're kind of in that meta, you know, that archaic system, they were printing their yeah. newsletters and mailing it to like tens of thousands of people. I said, let's, yeah. so we got them on a MailChimp and on, we publish them on the website now and, and, um, they still do some of the print ones, but it's, it's, you know, we're moving digitally. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, 2023 and we're finally getting digital. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. So. Yeah. But anyway, so that go was, um, yeah. So that was a good growth experience. I did that for a few years. We ended up merging that with a kind of a sister company within the same family of companies. And, <laughs> um, and then that's when I, after the merger, I stayed on, they actually laid off a good chunk of the people that came in from the merger. Um, and, uh, so I got laid off essentially after, after that merger. And mm. so that's when I was, you know, kind of figuring out what did I want to do. Um, you know, I knew I had a skill set of of developing applications and software, and so I wanted to kind of explore that. Um, I had worked previously during graduate school for a venture capital firm, and they became my first client when I went on my own and, and worked um, with them. You know, kind of on a part time basis. And, and so that relationship was enough to give me some stability all the time. My, my fourth daughter, so I have four uh, children. My fourth yeah. was born months, like a month after I got laid off. And, oh, wow. Um, and and, so and what year did you get like, married? Uh, I got married in uh, 1999. Okay. So that was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. we, we've got five kids, so you, you're one short. Okay. okay. That's good. That's good. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Now they're, uh, yeah, now they're all in their teen years and, and older, yeah. so it's, it's a different phase, but, um, so yeah, how do so you navigate? Good. Yeah. Look, we'll definitely want to, I mean, if yeah. you had something else to say, go ahead, but, but, you know, just talking about like living better and, you know, what does that, what does that mean? And, and, ha and how does that tie into kind of all these, the work side of things that you're doing with the, with the kids, with four kids, you, with your kids and your family and just community yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It plays a huge part, obviously. I mean, I, um, you know, that, that's been one of the, one of the blessings, like I look back on my own thinking, you know, from a financial perspective, uh, I probably could have done much better financially had I <laughs> continued working, 
you know, I could have gone back into the venture capital world and had the opportunity to do that. Um, so going on my own, definitely maybe, uh, you know, at least not yet, the story's not yeah. over yet, but financially over the last, you know, 12 years, I think I could have done better elsewhere, but having my own schedule, you know, not traveling mm -hmm. nearly as much. I haven't traveled. I used to travel a lot more. So being mm -hmm. home with the family and, and, um, you know, really home every day, not missing anything yeah. that, you know, there, there's a price for that. So. So that's been a blessing of of being on my own and and having that that freedom to set my yeah. schedule around the family. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And they help me now. Now I've got my oldest working <laughs> for us, so that's good. Wow. So, so she's is a boy or girl? Girl, yeah. So girl. she's okay. twenty, and okay. Uh, so she's part time. She's she's in okay. She's in college. Oh, okay. And, so and she she is us. learning the Airtable way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's exciting. So, yeah. you know, on the, on the other side is like, there's living better and then there's working smarter. And I think in many ways, Airtable is like, don't work, don't work dumbly, work smart. That'd be like the slogan of Airtable, right? Because it just <laughs> makes everything so much better, even if you just use it in a basic way. So yeah. what, what do you think about when it, when you th hear that word working smarter? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of room for improvement. <clears throat> In that regard, um, you know, as far as, you know, definitely systems automation, like one of the joys that I love of working with clients is, is, uh, you know, hearing them say like how much time this saves them. And yeah. so when we can go in, like, you know, it's very common that we'll go in and set up a process that they were doing manually that could take hours or days to complete and we can completely automate that process for them. And so that, that, you know, it's clearly a, a way to do your work smarter, um, yeah. so much. And it, and it's, and we're just at the beginning, especially with this mm -hmm. whole AI movement of that we're just mm. now, you know, working into our processes, um, you know, that, that it's going to be exponential, I think over the next 10 years. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I'm I'm seeing that already, and 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 in different ways. So, um, and it's just the tip of the iceberg, as far as I can tell. <laughs> but it does seem to be moving very, very fast. Perhaps too fast, <laughs> to, too fast yeah. to kind of really to metabolize it. So, yeah, for sure. So yeah, you mentioned, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say. So you mentioned. Um, um, you know, systems and automation, like when you think about automation, when is it appropriate and when is it actually problematic? How do you discern when it's, when it's, when it's, um, appropriate use? I think that, um, usually what we tell people is you need to know, you need to do it manually first so that you know, like what to actually automate. Sometimes we'll work with clients and they're maybe starting a new initiative and they want to like automate it out of the gate. And yeah. maybe if they know the process, you know, or similar processes, but a lot of times like you, what you think you want to automate is, is different than what the actual process is. And so it works better if you've done it manually and you know, like inside and out what the process needs to be. And then you layer on automation on top of that. Um, sometimes if you jump straight to automation, 
you're you're going off of assumptions and and mm. and what you find out is once you actually start doing those processes or following that system it, it isn't what you were actually yeah. trying to accomplish so would you say this is kind of one way i think about it is it it, it um it amplifies or or you think about like a prism whatever is there whatever you automate is going to amplify what's there. And so if it's a bad framework or a bad structure, it's going to just make everything worse. If it's a good one, it's going to make everything better. Is that kind of a helpful way to look at it? Or is, yeah. it, is that too simplistic? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that sums it up. Yeah. So um, you mentioned earlier also about like mentoring in, in that one company. You know, what, how else do you think about mentoring? How does it play a role? I mean, you have this Airtable community called Built on Air. It's sort of a communal mentoring, right? Everyone's sort of mentoring each yeah. other in different ways. You know, what have you learned from that? Um, you know, how do you think about that idea? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think mentoring's been, <laughs> you know, I also mentor a lot at the university at my alma mater, um, mm. especially I live in this, I, I stayed in the city where it is, so I'm okay. close. So I do, um, I haven't done as much. They kind of changed things the last couple of years, but before the pandemic, um, every year I was assigned, uh, an entrepreneur that was working on something and, and, and we'd help mentor there. Um, and then within this, the built on air community. So it's a community of, um, of Airtable users. So we have thousands of Airtable users. So there's kind of, there's different layers to it. So there's the community layer that, that you're a part of. Thank you for joining. Um, yeah. And so everybody is very, very helpful in there. I think um, there's something unique about Airtable, what drew me into it. Um, so I was coming from the venture capital world and I had looked at a lot of different softwares. Like I was, yeah. I was you know, assigned to look at tech companies. So I, I evaluated companies, that's what mm. I did. And so when I found Airtable, there was something that stood out that I hadn't really seen in other communities, which was like the passion of the user base was mm. incredible. And like the, the, the affection for, you know, the product and then, and then the willingness to help each other. Like there was just this camaraderie amongst the users that a lot of people were coming into it and it was like their first introduction to databases. Yeah. And once they launched like the scripting environment, it was their first introduction to coding. Yeah. And so like everybody was trying to help each other and we've been able to capture, you know, to some extent, some of that in the built on air community, but then yeah. even deeper than that, there's even a smaller group of, of Airtable experts and we have kind of our own private chat and we do yeah. a monthly call that, that I help facilitate and, um, yeah. That's been, you know, like we've developed real friendships in that That's group cool. and it's been pretty cool. And we, what do you, how other. do you explain, like you said that there was something about Airtable that was super unique, um, in terms of the community. How do you explain that? I think like there, there's a joy that people get in using it. You know, I think you go back to my early days of when I learned how to write code in college, um, like Airtable makes it very easy to, to experience that joy. And so it yeah. kind of lowered the bar. You think mm -hmm. about like software development over the years and the bar just keeps getting lower and lower, you know, chat GPT even lowered it even more yeah. this last year. And so Airtable 
helped lower that bar for people to experience that joy of, mm. hey, I built this process in here and I, yeah. I don't know anything about databases. And, and so I yeah. think people naturally want to share that with others. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I, I, I see that as a general trend. Um, you know, talking about game development, like the tools that are out there to make, make video games are even getting the, the bar is getting lower because you can do things um, without having to be super, super technical um, building websites. I mean, I love kind of the way you talk about it is similar to how I feel about Joomla. So I use Joomla. I also work with WordPress sites, but I don't get any joy on those ones. But with Joomla, I get like this deep joy. And um, I know a lot of people that use WordPress, but I don't know anyone that's like, wow, I love WordPress. <laughs> but with Joomla, uh, there's definitely I've that type of community. I've met a few yeah. with, actually, probably more with WordPress than, than Joomla. Yeah. That's actually surprising for me to hear that, that yeah. that's what you do with Joomla. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've been with it since it started almost like 2006 or so. So I've kind of been through yeah. the different stages. And there's obviously been, I think a lot of times, you know, it might be the stage that you're in that whether you get the joy or not, but how long you've yeah. been invested so right so yeah yeah and that's where Airtable, you know is it you know at some point <clears throat> it'll be the old one that's that's slow and hard to learn and yeah <laughs> a new one. something that's like yeah so and i and i think in one to one degree you know that can be a challenge with Airtable. It, it lowers the bar for people that that um the bar like they're thinking the bar is like literally having to code and operate in SQL databases and stuff, right? But for some people that um, like a blank canvas is overwhelming, you know, Airtable can can be overwhelming for them because it is a Lego set and you can build whatever you want. Um, but if you don't know what you want, then it's kind of hard to build it. So um, so I guess, yeah, it's each person, it's it might vary in where they're coming from and what they care about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So what about... Um, stories and narratives like how how have real or fictional narratives shaped you as a person what are some examples of those yeah yeah this was a question i struggled with i i have a <laughs> terrible memory like my yeah. memory just ask my wife and kids like i can't remember much about high school and and whatnot <laughs> so so this one i struggled with like i you know there's i'm sure there are um but I couldn't come up with a really good one. Yeah. That was, that what was about really a favorite movie or a favorite book that just really you found compelling? Yeah, or that's the thing. Terrible. I mean, I yeah. you know, I have movies. I don't. I don't know that there's one that 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 like sticks really out. Resonates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so in a way there is a, the one narrative that you did say earlier was you like to build things, and right yeah. building is a narrative. So that's yeah. that's an interesting uh example yeah for sure i think i think um you know definitely you know experiences personal experiences definitely have shaped me um and uh but yeah i'm sure there are some like the last week i've been trying to, to my <laughs> yeah brain and, and this is where my my memory is failing me of of good ones that, that uh, would be yeah yeah story worthy but um but yeah probably well, more I... on the personal experience side yeah well, I imagine then you'll probably have a lot more to say on the system side of things. Um, so what do you, how do you define a system? What do you, what does it mean to you? How do you think about it? How do you, know, obviously that has a role in your work. How does it, does it have a role in your personal life as well? Yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, uh having a framework, you know, I, I, I think a lot about frameworks, um, and trying to apply them to, 
um, business and personal life and outside of work. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the strengths that, that I've had, you know, I think back of like the, the skill sets that, that I, you know, was born with or, or, or developed over time. One is being able to see like multiple frameworks. Like I think some people just have a natural operating system of how they operate and, and they can't break out of that. Yeah. One, one thing that I've always been able to do, maybe it's cause I'm, I'm one of six, one of eight, um, children. Oh, okay. So there's wow. eight in my family and yeah. I'm towards the end, I'm the sixth. Mm. And, um, so one of my strengths is the ability to adapt and yeah. just kind of go with the flow of, you know, what's going on. And so I think about that in frameworks, um, and being able to modify, you know, my, my operating system or my mode, depending on what the situation is okay. and thinking about, um, you know, so, so my overall arching framework is, is probably, probably revolves around flexibility and adapting mm. and, um, not getting too caught up in, in having to do things a certain way. And so that that's one what, of the what happens things. when you do it, when you try to do it a certain way, instead of being flexible, like what's the downside of that, that you've experienced? Uh, I think, I think, um, you know, not evolving, not adapting when, when a roadblock comes in and, um, you know, I think there are some things that, that, you know, you shouldn't. So maybe just knowing when you stick with something and, and what, what is kind of long-term and what you know, can be, can be changed and, and isn't as important to the bigger picture. So maybe understanding the, the bigger picture, um, of what's important versus, you know, not getting too caught up in the weeds of focusing on, on the smaller things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So along those lines, when does a system, yeah, as as, yeah. I was gonna say, when does a system become tyrannical? Um, you know, as far in, in a business sense, um, yeah, I think when you're not receiving input, so when you're not listening to the feedback mm. or the data, um, to, to make changes and, and, you know, if somebody, we see that with businesses, you know, somebody higher up has, has something set and isn't willing to to adapt or change or listen to, to alternative approaches. Mm. They might have, you know, kind of be more stuck in, in a certain way of doing things. Is, it, um, is that almost like the outputs become the input? In other words, it's just like the yeah. self repeating cycle. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, adaptability frameworks and then, and then just kind of, um, be willing to, to learn new frameworks. Um, that's one good thing about, you know, in the technology world is it moves so fast. You've got to be able to adapt. I think back on my career, learning different languages, you know, there's always mm -hmm. new languages coming out. Um, although it's getting harder and harder, the older you get, <laughs> it is harder to, to, I used to, I used to be more up to speed on the more current, uh, technologies and frameworks. Yeah. Um, is that just a matter of like, you got to put in the time and to, to make it, to keep it useful or is it, is it there are just so many new languages coming out that it's hard to keep up? 
Yeah, I think I think when you have something, I, I you know, when you're in maintenance mode, so I'm probably more in maintenance mode with my business. Uh, I mean, I'm still in mm. growth mode, but I have an existing product. Um, and, you know, so I should probably clarify like what, what all I do. And so there's yeah, kind of ahead. three, three things, um, that I'm involved in. So one you mentioned, so OpenSight is actually kind of more of a legacy brand of mine. Um, so our consulting business is actually under a different name. So it's, it's called in air studio. Yeah. And that's actually, a um, a business that I started with a business partner. Sergio about a year and a half ago. And so in air studios focused entirely around Airtable consulting and has a team of about 20 people. Um, so that that's probably the biggest, um, thing that I've and when did that, on. what year did that start? Yeah, that started end of, um, end of 21. So okay. a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, so that kind of really sounds like that ramped things up for you in terms of what you were doing before with the open side. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. open side was kind of my personal consulting business. Sergio, my partner, he had his own, we actually had worked together, um, on projects. We, we worked on a couple of projects together and, um, and then I was down in, he's based in Mexico city. I was down in Mexico city. Uh, for a conference and uh, we just started talking every day. We go to dinner after the conference and by the end of the week, we decided to, to join forces and, and create a new business and kind of merge our consulting businesses into one. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was a good decision. That was, that's been very good for us. Yeah. So how does, uh, is in air, like what's the vision you have there for, for it's, for that business and its future and for the clients that you work with? Yeah. So in air, we'll continue to kind of, um, you know, focus in, in kind of this no code space. Airtable is our primary. We'll, we'll branch out to others. We're talking to one or two other platforms that, that we might, um, support. Yeah. But there, there's bigger initiatives. Um, to, to grow beyond the consulting and, and creating, um, more product type services mm -hmm. and, um, training products. Um, we have some plans. So in air is kind of the, is kind of the entity also behind built on air. So there, there is a separation, um, right now between the two, but in air is kind of the, 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 um, you know, financial entity that, that supports yeah. the built on air community. Yeah. And, um, we'll, yeah, and we'll see more, we're going to invest more into the built on air community and try to grow that and, yeah. um, do more around video production, like the podcast that, that we do, we'll do more around that, maybe different types of shows, um, creating kind of a production studio that might yeah. support outside clients and, and be, a you know, be its own standalone business. So yeah, I see exciting. this as we, we now have a team of, of automation experts. And so, you know, in addition to helping other companies, I could see us launching our own automation service type businesses within it and kind of being a launching pad for other services um, yeah. that we might offer. Yeah, that's cool. So that's a long and term. Is, yeah. So you, you said 
you know, explaining what you do, does, does that cover it or are there any other hidden pieces? Uh, yeah, so we got that. Yeah. We've got the, we've got the community that, that, we, that we just talked about built on air. And then there's actually a software piece to it called onto air. So onto air okay. are pure software apps built on top of Airtable. So everything okay. revolves around Airtable, all three, all three things. There's a lot of synergy amongst them. But onto where are um, apps and extensions for the Airtable ecosystem. Mm. And so we have a thing like a form builder. So if you need to collect data and get it into Airtable um, or update existing data in Airtable, our form builder is really powerful. We have a backup solution to back up your data outside of Airtable. And yeah, uh, that's, other that's apps you were like showing. That. I saw the backup. So that's cool. Yep. Um, so I imagine you have a vision for apps. And essentially, it's to fill in the gaps where air, where there are things you'd like that Airtable doesn't do natively. Yeah. 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 That's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, talking about that, one of the biggest challenges is we're so tied to Airtable that, you know, our success is dependent on Airtables. Um, yeah. That's across the board, but especially on the software side, because it's already happened like four or five times where we have an app or a feature in our app that doesn't exist, but then Airtable comes out and builds mm. it into their core product. And so obviously anybody that was paying us or was considering paying us, but now gets it as part of their Airtable mm. subscription, then that- So it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest risk of, of that business by far. Yeah, so you almost have to go into it knowing that anything you create could be integrated natively, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's trying to play in in the spaces that that they aren't willing to go into. Yeah. The harder ones. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. So So, what what else? Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say there is, we were talking about, you know, so that kind of gives you a summary of, of the different types of um, things that we've got going on. And, um, you know, and so that, that plays into you know, the frameworks, um, trying to grow those. And, um, you know, really the, the biggest thing that I've learned from those is, especially on the, on the consulting side is, um, trusting other people. Like that's been a challenge for me is finding partners that, that I can trust and, and to partner on in business. Um, you know, I've tried it many times over, you know, I've been on my own for 12 years, but I've tried multiple times to, to bring on a partner that could complement my skill set, And, and, um, you know, it, it hasn't worked until now. And so with, with yeah. Sergio, my, my partner on the consulting side, it's been, it's been fun to have somebody. Yeah. That, so I imagine I you guys and... were kind of collaborating a lot and then finally you're like, man, it just makes sense that we start a company together. Yeah. Is that how it Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. I mean, what have you so, learned? Um, just cause you've been on your own and then you had a partner, like obviously there's pros and cons trade-offs for both sides. Um, but what are some of the things you learned in that contrast? Yeah. Just how much more you can get done with more people. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I've always trusted my own skill sets and, and what I can do. Um, you know, and I've always had like contractors that have helped me or employees I've had employees in the past and um but but really having somebody at the partner level it's it's a game changer as far as being able to 
to to build and and collaborate and work you know together with somebody where you're aligned um on the vision of the business yeah um that's that's been huge for me yeah yeah that's cool what other thing other bits of wisdom do you have to share with us that you haven't gotten a chance to yeah, I mean, you know, kind of we touched a little bit on family, like that's a huge part, you know, trying to um my you know, trying to to be a good dad and and start your own business and and try to juggle all those hats. I'm also very involved in in my church and and things and so that, you know, that struggle of trying to find balance is a constant yeah. battle, you know. I don't I don't know that um I do it well, but I'm grateful to have a wife that, that helps me and knows when to uh, allow me to, to focus on work or focus on family and, and kind of keep me aligned there. And um, so what, that, what would you give? What was, advice would you give to someone who's like newly married? Maybe they're having their first kid and they're facing that challenge. What would be the advice you give? Yeah. Them? You know, it's it's easier now, even 12 years ago. Um, just you know the way things are done now is so different than even then um i think it's easier to um i think it is easier to manage those things i think there is more of an environment of you know intermixing work and 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 home life to some degree um but also you know setting boundaries um I would, I would say, you know, make sure that it's a joint effort, not necessarily like my wife doesn't work in the business, but she's very involved in yeah. brainstorming and, and yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and seeing me succeed and, and, um, being there to, to bounce ideas off of, she's kind of my sounding board. So, so that's huge, um, to make sure that, that both are are on board with, with what, what's involved there. Yeah. And, and what's, what's your advice for, uh, so now you're, you're, you said your daughter's starting to work part-time. Um, you know, that's another thing is like working with, with family can, can be a blessing and a, and a curse, you know, depending on the dynamics and, yeah. and clarity and all that. Any, any advice, uh, like that you sort of are exploring just on how to make that a positive experience from the get-go and going yeah. forward? Yeah, I purposely this go around. So she actually used to work for me um, a couple of years ago. She took some time off to actually serve a mission um, for yeah. our church. And uh, so before that, she actually worked directly with me. This was before we started the consulting business. And so in that scenario, I was her boss. Um, this time around, she actually reports to somebody else, and that was by design, so that mm. so that she got an experience working, you know, with yeah. a different team and not just working for me. Um, yeah. And so that's been really good because because cool. she feels, you know, she can't she she can't um, she she'll more easily say no to me than she would to somebody <laughs> else, you know. And so yeah, so that's helpful that uh, she can have that experience and yeah, creating the separation, but yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. And so it's a good, you know, and this part time just while she's in school. So yeah. Uh, yeah. That's worked out well. Anything else you wanted to share? Any insights, uh, you know, wisdom? Stories? Yeah. The other, the other thing, and this is again, my uh, blessing of my wife. So she works, um, 
so I'm not a huge fitness guy, but I do exercise every morning and, um, and mainly because that's what my wife does. She teaches, um, exercise classes in the morning at at our local rec center. And, um, so I go to all of her classes, 6am every morning. That's been a huge blessing to me to force me to, to kind of go and have that incentive. But I view that as part of my job is to exercise, um, just to combat, you know, I, I sit or stand or whatever, like just being sedentary for so long, I mm. think that getting any kind of movement is should be viewed as a part of your job. Yeah, um, that's a good and, point. And yeah, and so that's that's a big um, part of what I do every day. Um, so yeah, it's some form of exercise. I think I think you should just consider that 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 is part of your job description. Yeah, and I guess the earlier we start that habit, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so if people are interested in connecting with you, um, how can they find you? What are the websites to these different places you've mentioned in air, um, built on air? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. So openside.com lists kind of all the stuff that I've got going on. Although I don't, I don't think I even have my consulting. That, that thing is moved so fast. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, built on air. If you want to join the community, built on slash join, it's free to join. Um, and that will get you in with other people of all stages of, of learning or, or knowing Airtable. Um, onto air.com is our website. I'm not super, um, you know, I'll, I'll post on social media through our company brands. I don't personally, I'm not too involved in social media. I actually okay. made my first Facebook post last night <laughs> in like 15 years to, uh, yeah, I don't know how long my last one was, but I posted last night to help my son. Uh, he's raising money to, to go to a national competition. So I had to oh, get the word okay. out <laughs> with that. So <laughs> now, yeah, um, so probably, I assume, so I assume it, here. Uh, yeah, I assume if they want to connect with you, maybe LinkedIn would per- privately, um, yep. personally, um, and then otherwise they can kind of interact with the brands and the websites. Who if yep. if who would be a good fit for um, if they're interested in working with in air, or who's a good fit to join the community? Yeah, if you have any interest, if you're using Airtable in any capacity, yeah. or you want to learn it, um, you can join. Um, as far as in air, we work with. We're, we're probably positioned mid to enterprise market um, as far as that company. So if you work at a company of any size um, exploring Airtable, feel free to reach out and, um, and we can hook you up. And uh, so what are yeah, some of the so types that... of problems that let's say they are using Airtable or want to like, what are some of the challenges they might face? We're like, oh, you're a good fit for, for them. Yeah. Yeah, anything from um, if you if you have a lot of systems that you need to integrate, our team is is heavily engineer um, focused or oriented. Um, most of the team members are engineers, and so we do a lot of integrating Airtable with Salesforce or NetSuite or whatever system of record that you have. Um, so so on the enterprise side, that's a lot of what we do is is making Airtable play nice with other systems in addition to building out your workflows, automating your workflows. So 
any process, if you're using a spreadsheet, which, you know, is still the go-to <laughs> tool for most businesses, um, that can likely get translated over into Airtable and, and work more seamlessly than yeah. a spreadsheet. And I give him the double thumbs up on that comment. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so what, anything, any other, so anything else you want to throw out there or is that pretty much cover it for you yeah, got the podcast? Kind of so if anyone wants to check it out, you know, that would be more of a learning kind of program about Airtable and what's new and things you can do in advanced techniques. Right. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And that's live. So that's a live show. As you know, you came on yeah. two weeks ago and uh, we just do it live Tuesday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern. So you can watch it live or watch the replay. Yeah. And what it, what have you discovered on. by going live? Because when we did, I did the first episode, it was recorded. So this one, yeah. the second one was live. So how, what have you learned about that shift? Is, do, you, do you get more engagement or what, what was the reason you did that? Yeah, part of it was the engagement. Part of it was forcing the habit of doing it mm. um, and just knowing that we've already announced that it's going to be next Tuesday yeah. at 11 a.m. And so it, it just forced the behavior. Um, okay. And, and then it also like, um, made it easier to, it, I came up with a framework going back to frameworks. If, if you yeah. watch our show, I have a very specific framework, but there's flexibility in there. So frameworks that provide some structure, but also flexibility, um, you know, that's kind of key to, to how we do things. So our show, I kind of view it as like a variety show like the tonight show or something where they yeah. have different skits and you don't know what skit they're going to do that night but they kind of have a library of skits that they might pull from mm -hmm. yeah and you know and so that's kind of the the feel i have kind of this library of different types of segments that we're going to do each show yeah and we can pull from that library um and so we always do four different segments one of them we do every week but then the other three it just depends on um, what we can put together that week. Okay. Yeah, so that's that interesting because you're, well yeah, us. you're, you're integrating the the traditional media approach and new media, right? You're kind of bridging, pulling in some of those elements because frameworks are pretty common in in, yep. in uh, production. But part of it is like traditional media. You know, when you're spending as much money as you do to like produce a show, like a a, a, a Tonight Show or something. You know, you gotta you better have some structure. Whereas with new media, you can kind of do whatever you want. And so sometimes that structure is just not not there because it's not it's not forced upon yeah. them for for uh, practical reasons. But but that's cool that you kind of figured out a way to merge the two. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. true. Cool. Well, thank you yeah, so much so for check sharing. Us out, subscribe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nice um, to be on with you. Yeah, I'll put the links uh, on the show notes and then people can check those out and learn more and, and, and hopefully join the community. So thank you so much for sharing. All right, appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.